what is up Dilo Nation, it's Rick here. Now ever since I started podcasting and talking about investing, one of the most common questions I get is how do I get started? Now this may seem like a very simple question but it is really not. Why? Because when we talk about how to start something, it usually goes beyond understanding, it goes beyond comprehension and also information. Even if the information is given to you, most people still wouldn't take action because like I said, it goes beyond logic. So let's say if there are 10 birds sitting on a washing line, right? And five decided to fly. So how many are left on the washing line? What do you think? Now the answer is 10 because they only decided to fly. They didn't actually fly. Now I know this might sound silly, but that is the truth. People who ask me uh, this question, Last year, how do I get started? The people who asked me this question until today have not started. Everyone knows that investing early is very important, correct? Everybody knows. But how many of us are actually doing it? Just look at the people around you. How many of them are actually investing? That is why taking the first step is really the hardest part. But after taking the first step, things will get a lot better. Things will get a lot easier. But of course, this is not entirely their fault as well because investing can be daunting at first, especially if you're just getting started. And many of us, me included, we try to avoid investing in the stock market because we are not familiar with it, right? I started out just like any one of you, right? Clueless. I didn't know what stock to buy. I didn't know what number, what the numbers meant. Uh, I didn't know what the ratios, the numbers to look for. I didn't know how to read the 10K report, annual report. I didn't know what makes a company good or strong. You know, I didn't know. Heck, I didn't even have any financial or business or even investment background, just like most of you. So I had to find my way. And what I realized is that investing may seem to be both complicated and also risky, but it doesn't have to be that way, right? That is why in this episode, I'll cut through the confusion that may be preventing you from investing and I'll share with you how I got started and how I would have done differently if I could turn back time. Now I'll make it as simple as possible so that you can start investing confidently and wisely. But before that, I want to thank you for spending the time with me again. If you're looking to improve your investing skills and you love listening to stories, then don't forget to follow and subscribe because each week we'll be sharing with you tips and strategies to help you become a better investor using real company examples and also the power of storytelling. Also, if you have a hundred bucks saved up every single month and you're looking for a way to start investing, then be sure to check out our seven day ETF investing short course where I'll be guiding you on how you can start investing in ETFs with as little as a hundred bucks per month. It is very simple, a step-by-step framework to get you started. How simple, you might ask? It is so simple, you can get your kids to do it for you. Or if you have kids, of course. So if you want to find out more, link will be in the description. Anyway, when you're ready, let us get started with our topic of the day. So, How do you get started? The first thing you need to do is invest in yourself. And when I say invest in yourself, what I actually mean is invest in your education so that you have the right knowledge before you start investing in the stock market. 
Now, investing in yourself is really one of the best return on investment you can have, right? Whether it's about reading more investing books or watching investing videos or join an investing course, finding a mentor to guide you, whatever it is, you have to start learning the skills before you start investing in the market. Because trust me, it will save you so much of pain, so much of heartache in your investing journey, right? So the reason why I put this as the first thing you should do is because this is an ongoing process, right? It never ends, it never stops. Charlie Munger, until today, still reads and still improves. And as Charlie Munger puts it, spend each day trying to be a little wiser than you were when you woke up day by day and at the end of the day if you live long enough like most people you will get out of life what you deserve so if you're looking for books to get started here are some books that got me started right so the first book is the richest man in babylon by george clayson c-l-a-s-o-n now this is a classic book simple to understand simple to read it is written in story form so no matter how old you are you can read this book right this book was one of the few books that really changed the way i think of money right so i highly recommend this book the second book is one up on wall street by peter lynch now i love the way he articulates his idea it is very clear and he has a very very good sense of humor right i think you're going to enjoy this book as well the third book is from it's by phil town the title of the book is called rule number one right rule hash one so you can go check it out as well the fourth book is The Dando Investor by Monish Pabrai. Dando as in D-H-A-N-D-H-O, Dando Investor. It is another excellent book and also another excellent investor. Now, the fifth, fifth book is also the best. Of course, it is The Intelligent Investor. It is the Bible of value investing. So these are some of the books that got me started and you guys can check it out. The second thing you have to do, right, after investing in yourself is to understand which kind of investor you would like to be, right? Because before you begin investing, you need to know how do you want to invest, right? So there are generally three types of investing style. The first type is DIY investing, or I should say do-it-yourself investing. So this is basically active investing, right? So DIY investing is more of a hands-on approach, right? It requires you to do all of the research by yourself and pick companies accordingly. And you will have to keep track of your own stocks regularly, which may be a bit time consuming for some people. But on the other hand, it may it also means that you have total control over what you own in your portfolio. So that's the first, DIY investing or active investing. The second kind of investor is the passive investor, passive investing. So this is the set it and forget it approach, right? So you basically invest and you just forget it. So this approach to investing is for people who really don't have the time or the interest to do all of the heavy lifting themselves. So some options may include investing in the index funds or investing in ETFs. I think this is like the best and also the simplest way to invest if you're just starting out or if you're really interested in passive investing, right? You don't have to learn all of the technical jargon. It is so much more straightforward than investing in individual stocks. So if you're just starting out, I would recommend this. And to be honest, if I could turn back time, I would have also started with this as well. But sadly, I didn't have anyone to show me the significance of investing in ETFs or also index funds. So that is why I'm telling you this right now. 
learning how to invest in individual stocks will take a lot of time and also take a lot of practice for you to make good investment. So while you're learning, it doesn't mean that you can't invest. You can still invest in index funds or also ETFs to grow your investment while you're learning to become a better stock picker. So once you become a better stock picker, that's when you can transition yourself from being a passive investor to an active investor. Also, let's talk about mutual funds. So mutual funds, are they are also another kind of passive investing vehicle, but I wouldn't recommend uh, mutual funds because most of them, they make things too complicated and they charge unnecessary fees like the management fees and most of them, they don't even outperform the market. So I wouldn't recommend mutual funds. This is from my own experience. I still remember my parents, they invested $50,000 in a mutual fund many years ago. And after five years, when we saw the return, it was only an additional $600. Like seriously, $600. That is a 1.2% in five years. I mean, you gotta be freaking kidding me. So just simply investing in an S&P 500 for the past five years would have given me 100% return on my investment. So 1.2% is ridiculous. Well, anyway, long story short, I'm managing my parents' money for them right now. But of course, this is my own experience, right? It is still entirely up to you. So do your own research and decide. If you don't want to be too involved in the investing process, then you'll probably prefer using robo-advisor. It is actually pretty common nowadays. You see a lot of robo-advisor platform. So all you have to do is answer a few questions about your investing goals and how much risk you want to take. And the platform will do all the work for you. But of course, there are some limitations to what you can invest in, right? So that is the passive investing. The third kind of investor is the semi-passive investor, right? So this third style is a cross between the DIY investing and also the passive investing because this includes hiring a stock advisor or signing up for stock uh, picking services to help you pick your own investment, right? They'll help you in terms of investment decisions. So you can pick your own stock based on the insights that you get from these experts. But of course, you still need to have your own brokerage account, but at least you can leave all the time consuming research to these people, right? So these are the three kinds of investor and you have to decide which kind of investor do you want to be. Now, once you have invested in your own education and once you have decided what kind of investors you would like to be, that is when we have to do the third thing, which is plot your financial roadmap. So here is where you have to determine your financial goal. I actually talked about this in my seven day ETF investing short course. You can check it out. The first two modules are free so that you know what you get, what you are getting before signing up. Anyway, plotting your financial roadmap is also another important step. Why? Let me tell you a story. When Neil Armstrong was flying to the moon, on the way to the moon, they had to conduct this thing what we call as the mid-course correction. Now, this mid-course correction is actually a navigational correction to align itself to the moon so that the rocket actually reaches the moon. So now, if you are flying, let's say, from Singapore to Melbourne, right? If you're flying from Singapore to Melbourne and say your plane missed the Melbourne airport, you could still find the next airport to land, correct? But you cannot miss the moon. Why? Because if you miss the moon, there is no turning back. That is why I want you to know that in life, some destinations are critical. 
So similar to your investing journey, you don't want to go in blindly hoping that you will achieve your goal. Hope will not bring you to your goal, my friend. You want to set a very clear set of goals and conduct your own mid-course correction to know if you're moving towards the right direction. So how do you do that? Ask yourself four main questions. The first question is, how long do you want to invest? Right? Is it 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years? You have to decide. How long do you want to invest? So in this case, I'll just give an example. Let's say I want to invest for 20 years, right? Then the second question, how much do you want to achieve by the end of that 20 years? So in this example, I'm going to say a million dollars, right? Now, third question, how much can you afford to invest every single month consistently for the next 20 years for you to achieve your goal of a million dollars? Now, in my case, I would say, Hmm, for example, $1,000 per month. So that means it's about $12,000 per year. Yes. And then once you have that, you ask yourself the fourth question. With that amount of investment, how much do you have to compound annually to reach the goal of a million dollars in 20 years? So based on my calculation, I would say 14% compounded annually. So this is what you need. This is basically your financial roadmap. Right? So once you have all of this, all you have to do is to make sure that firstly, you achieve, you invest the amount of money that you committed to, uh, to invest. Right? So in this case, I would say $1,000 per month or $12,000 per year. So you have to commit to that. The second thing you need to make sure you achieve is you have to achieve your annual compounded return. So in this case, it's 14%. So if you can do that, then you are on your way to achieving your $1 million financial goal, right? So this is your financial roadmap. You can actually do this calculation by searching for compound interest calculator and you will get the uh, certain website that you can plot this uh, calculation, right? I will also link it in the description as well for you so you can go and check it out. Also, a quick reminder, the worst case scenario for any investment is losing everything. Right? So that is like the worst case scenario. So with that being said, always, always bear in mind that whatever amount you choose to invest has to be the amount that you can live without. Right? So in other words, only invest what you can afford to lose and make sure you have enough savings set aside for any emergency so that your personal life does not interfere with your investments and you don't have to panic sell your investments just to support yourself. So just to summarize this whole episode, how do you get started? Number one, invest in yourself, your education, because this is something that will never end, right? Keep on learning. The second thing is decide what kind of investor do you want to be? Is it an active investor, a passive investor, or a semi-passive investor? Each one of them will have their own advantage. So choose one that suits you. Number three, plot your financial roadmap and identify your financial goal. How do you do that? Ask yourself four main questions. First, how many years do you want to invest? Right? Number two, how much do you want to achieve by the end of that duration? Number three, how much can you allocate for investment every single month? And the key word is consistency. Right? You want to consistently allocate this, that specific amount every single month. The fourth question is, how much do you have to compound annually to achieve that financial goal? So these are the four main questions, right? Now, these 
are the three things you need to get started on your financial journey. The rest you will be learning along the way as you go. But before we end, I'll leave you with this one quote that was given to me many years ago. Do you know what's the difference between a rich man's mindset and a poor man's mindset? The difference is this. Rich people invest and spend what's left, while poor people spend and invest what's left. Now, uh, this is a very subtle difference, but it makes all the difference in achieving your financial goal. That is all from me, my friend. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow and subscribe. And if you want to find out more about our 7-day ETF investing short course, link is in the description or you can check out dilun.com to find out more. Until next time, take care, my friend. I'll catch you on the next episode.